0: الله الله سنقاب بالباسط القافض الرافع المعز المذل السميع البصير الحكم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يدلله فلا هادية له ونشهد أن إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمدًا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما آتاكم الرسول فخذوه وما نهاكم عنه فانتهوا. صدق الله العظيم Subhanaka la ilma illa ma'allamtana Innaka anta al alimul hakeem Rabbi sadri Wayassir li amri Wachalul uqdatan min lisaani Yifkahu qawli Durshi Respected brothers Respected elders, mothers And sisters listening at home During the last phase Of the khilafat of Sayyidina Usman bin Affan radiyallahu an trouble in the Muslim community began looming in the horizon. And whenever disunity stems up in a community, you will find that the enemies take the full advantage. And that is what was happening during the last few years of the Khilafat of Sayyidina Osman bin Affan radiyallahu ta'ala an. as always the enemies for the Muslimin have been the Jewish community, right from the time of Rasul sallallahu alayhi Wasallam throughout the period of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, Hazrat Umar radiyallahu ta'ala an coming into the early stages of Hazrat Osman radiallahu ta'ala an and when the fitan the trials and tribulations starts in the last six years of his Khilafat. Now the Jewish community were a community that had settled in the Islamic Empire in Muslim lands very comfortably. They pretended to be Muslims Outwardly, a lot of them had even embraced Islam and would even recite the Kalima. But inwardly, there was no Iman. And it was only with this vice intention to damage the image of the Muslims to the maximum. And they started now practicing. A system which is very common in them and in fact a system which is quite common in the Shia sect today also which is known as Taqiyya 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 in the Jewish community means that because they are of the belief that anyone who is non-Jewish is not someone who is beloved to God Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and anyone who is a non-Jew is an accursed one therefore to cheat against him to trick him to deceive him and to practice certain uh, acts by which one would uh, make a clear deception that would be a means of closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That was the aqeedah That if you deceive someone who is not a Jew, then that will mean you will get a greater reward and it will be a means of you getting close to Allah. This was the Aqeedah. And that is why now they started pretending that we are Muslims and they were doing all sorts of things. The main person in their camp was a man whose name was Abdullah ibn Sabah. Abdullah ibn Sabah was a Yemeni Jewish man. He came to Medina al-Munawwara and he had embraced Islam. He was a Munafiq. He embraced Islam and he was again practicing Taqiyya. Taqiyya is a system that is even practiced by the Shia today. And it is the same that is practiced in the Jewish community also. And so Abdullah ibn Sabah, what the Jewish people did was, they wanted him to be the man in charge. And they gave him all the wealth. He was a politician, a very shrewd man, very cunning man. When he came to Madinatul Munawwara, what he did was, He started giving out a lot of money donations and especially with the Bedouins that were living to the outskirts of Madinatul Munawwara so he came with a lot of money he pretended to be a very pious man you'll find a lot of people wearing sobe and long beard and you know Ayatollah Khomeini is a typical example that I usually give when you look at him you wonder oh my god what a long beard and it's not my habit you know to to disclose everything Allahu Akbar Uh, what is right is right and what is wrong is wrong and when you study the books of this man what he has written the filth that he has written and they are of the Akida that the 12 Imams are even to the level of the prophets if not Greater in status than the prophets. And the man in charge, the greatest has been this man, Ayatullah. for many who passed away. And so we need to study a lot of the times what happens that because we don't have knowledge. Look at Iblis. Iblis was living amongst the angels. Iblis was living amongst the angels. He was given a position in the heavens. Even the Malaika were in awe of Azazil, Iblis. And so, one should not be uh, fooled by your appearance and how somebody is. He might be talking great. Somebody can have a beautiful tongue. And that is why great scholars say that if I saw someone praying Salah, Suspended in the heavens But if there's no sunnah I can say that this person Is not the wali of Allah But the shaitan He's not the wali of Allah But shaitan Because it is by the sunnah Of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa That you are marked As the wali of Allah Which is very very important So Abdullah ibn Sabah again A very pious man Wearing the same thawb As the companions Sahabai kiram and you name it, all the Sunan were with him. He knew exactly how to portray himself. And this man was a very clever man. He also had learned fluent Arabic. He could speak fluent Arabic. So communication was not a problem for this man. And there he started now giving out money. And brothers, you know, when you start dishing out money, <laughs> uh, you can make a lot of friends, can't you? And so people, Bedouin Arabs were amazed and said, wow, what a a charitable man, what a generous man this guy is, giving money and now everybody was praising him, Abdullah ibn Sabah, Abdullah ibn Sabah, a true sincere Muslim, a true sincere Muslim, why? Giving money, giving money, giving money, giving money. And this was... The policy of this man, he was a very clever man, a very shrewd man. A clever man in a way, he was a very shrewd man. And so he started giving money, giving money, winning the hearts of people, winning the hearts of people. The Bedouins especially, wanted to put them close. And wanted to make sure that at the right time, he had enough support from the people. And this is what he would do. And slowly, when he noticed that there were a lot of people... That uh, would want to listen to him And would want to sit in his gathering Slowly now he started saying things were That which were very incorrect Islamically For an example he would quote the verses of the Quran And would give the wrong tafsir The wrong commentary of the Quran Now a lot of the people during the khilafat of Sayyidina Osman bin Affan Were simple people many non arabs had settled in arab lands in arab lands and a lot of them were not even very familiar with the arabic language and so they were quite simple people and so this man would sit in his gathering and he would want to plant the seeds of confusion in the minds doubt allah save us from doubt that is why Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would make dua Allahumma inni a'udhu bika shakki shirki shakki shirki Because it is the first, the first category is shak Then when you have shak in you then you become From shak you go into shirk and shirk you go into kufr So Allah save us from shak in Islam And so he would sit and he would start speaking He had this great charisma when he would speak and he would say isn't it a bit funny with these arabs they claim that muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is the greatest nabi and for sure he is the greatest nabi we all love him this is how he would speak and we all know that isa alayhi salatu is inferior in status to rasulullah Sallallahu alayhi wa And he would say But can you imagine The Muslims in Medina are saying Or the Muslims are of this belief That Isa Has not passed away He hasn't died And the greatest Nabi which is Muhammad Sallallahu alayhi wa He has passed away See how he would speak To confuse the people These were new people Someone who is the leader of all the prophets? He has passed away. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam has passed away. And someone who came before him, Jesus Isa, the Muslims believe that he hasn't, he hasn't tasted death. Death hasn't come to, to Isa alayhi salatu wasallam. And he would say, Do you think that is right? And he would say, Let me tell you what is the truth. That Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam has not passed away, and Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam will return again. And Allah has all the power. Allah has all the power. Slowly, again, uh, planting the seeds of doubt shukuk uh, in the minds of simple people that were there, and then he would even quote verses of the quran and he would say let me prove it to you by the quran let me prove it to you by the quran and he would say In quran this ayat karima this verse of the quran teaches us that the prophet sallallahu wasallam will come back and return back to this dunya we actually don't need Jesus or Isa alayhi salatu When we have Rasulullah, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is enough for us. At the same time, who would even display deep love for Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But in a very deceiving manner. Allahu Akbar. And the ayat e means that, Verily, that Allah who has revealed upon you the Qur'an, will surely return you back to your place will return you back to your place now what he was saying that this ayat refers to the second coming of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam when it actually means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was actually confirming and comforting Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam that even though you've had to migrate to Madinatul Munawwara, that Allah, who has revealed to you the Quran, will surely make sure that you return back to the city, which is the city of Makkah, your city of birth, your city in which you were born. And so here, Ma'ad is actually the city of Makkah. That from Medina, you will actually return to the city of Makkah. And he was explaining to the people. That the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam After his demise And however death must have come to Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam He will still return back And slowly he was actually winning the hearts of the people Now to actually picture The works of Abdullah Ibn Sabah In our time today if we look at the Qadiani Fitna The Qadiani Fitna who spend millions of pounds in, in their false da'wah work and to invite others towards their beliefs, which is kufr. A very similar practice, very similar practice. Again, Abdullah ibn Sabah was actually the first man to refute this very important belief in Islam of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam to be khatamun nabiyyin. The seal of all the prophets. He rejected that. And he said, This is untrue. If we are the last ummah, then Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam has to remain with us all the time. And so he would give another translation of Khatamun Nabiyin. And if you look at Surah Al Ahzab, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned this very clearly. مَا Muhammadun aba ahadin min Rijalikum that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is not the father of your men Zaid bin Harisa, who was the adopted son of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam the people of Makkah were actually saying Zaid bin Muhammad that Zaid the son of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam then this verse was revealed that this is incorrect don't say Zayd bin Muhammad but say Zayd bin Harisa. that Zaid is the son of Harisa, not the son of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, because Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam is a prophet that he is not the father of any of you. He is not the father of any of you. And at that time, all of the children of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam had passed away. All of the sons of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam passed away before reaching manhood, before. Reaching the age of maturity And before this ayat Was revealed to Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam So Qasim, Tayyib, Tahir, Ibrahim Four sons of Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Had passed away And so this was a fundamental Aqidah That Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Is not the biological father of any of you And then Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala explains again وَلَكِرْ Rasulullah." And I need to explain this to you, which is very, very important. But Muhammad is Rasulullah. Who is he? Rasulullah. Rasool. And then Allah says, Being Rasulullah waqataen. And he is also the last from all the prophets that came. He is the seal of all the prophets. When you seal something, that is the end. You can't put anything inside. It is completely sealed. And so here the title given to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa is that he is Khatamun Nabiyeen. Khatamun Nabiyeen. Now my respected brothers, there is a difference between Rasul and a Nabi. Ulama have mentioned that there is a slight difference between a Nabi and a Rasul. Rasul is of a higher status than a Nabi. Many Nabi Ambiya have come Nabi is that individual Who has been appointed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And he has had the privilege That Allah would communicate with him By the means of Wahi So Wahi would come to that individual And that Nabi who is a prophet Now the term Nabi Nabi would actually come For the reformation of the community of the people or possibly just to guide the people again to the previous laws. So he's a nabi. But a rasool when a rasul is appointed, the previous laws are abrogated and cancelled. So a complete new system, a Rasool that comes comes with a new Sharia, new laws. And the previous laws are all cancelled, abrogated, everything expires. And that is why you have Rasuls like Ibrahim alayhi salam was a Rasul, Musa alayhi salam was a Rasul, Nu alayhi salam was a Rasul, and great great prophets that came, many were Rasul. And even the last Rasul is Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Now, Allah is saying that Rasul sallallahu alayhi, first Allah gives him the title that he is Rasulullah. What is he? Rasool. That he is in one verse. Walakin? Rasulullah. That he is Rasulullah. Wa khatam He is already a Rasul of Allah, but he is also the last from all the prophets that came. Now, Allah did not say wa khatamur Rasul or khatamul Salim or. Khatamur uh, Rasūl or any other word. The word Rasūl is not there, but rather the word Nabi is attached with the word Khātam. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala wants to make clear to the believers, to the followers of Rasul Sallallahu alayhi wasallam, never mind a Rasūl to come. Even a Nabi cannot come after Rasulullah. Even a Nabi cannot come after Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa In case somebody was to say, no Rasul will come, we understand no Sharia, no new laws, because we have the Qur'an. But there is a possibility that we might have a Nabi that will come. Just for the reformation of the ummah. A possibility that a Nabi might come. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, never mind Rasul. He is khatamun النَّبِيِّنِ That not even a Nabi can come after Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa and this is a very very important concept my respected brothers now Mirza Ghulam Ahmad Qadiani, what does he say he says that the Muslims believe that Isa alayhi salam will come close to the day of Khyamah and if Isa alayhi salatu was salam is to come that would mean that the verse this ayat-e-karima is al billah incorrect and cannot be explained because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that no Rasul will come after Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And so, how is it possible for Isa alayhi salatu wa to come? And so, the Qadianis are of the opinion that Isa alayhi salam passed away and he is resting in Kashmir. From all the places they had to choose Kashmir. Can you imagine that? From all the places they had to choose Kashmir. And I've also got a photo of the Mazar. Which they say that this is the madar of Isa alayhi salam And they are promoting it well That if you want to see Isa alayhi salam Go to Kashmir Where do you go to? Go to Kashmir By Allahu Akbar Now it's a very simple answer Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam Is saying that Isa alayhi salam will come not as a Nabi But he will come as a Ummati As a follower of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam And there is no problem with that and why did allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give this privilege to one nabi isa alayhi salam because isa alayhi salatu salam is that nabi who wanted to to earn the the closeness of rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam a man who deeply loved rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam because there was no nabi between isa alayhi salam and rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam and so he would often make dua that somehow I would have this special relationship with Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, And Allah accepted his dua. And he is the only Nabi to have this honor. That he, he came in this world as a Nabi and he also came as an Ummati. And therefore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lifted him up to the heavens and close to the day of Qiyamah, Isa salam will come and he will come as an Ummati of Rasul sallallahu That is why he will even put on the Ihram and he will perform the Hajj and he will read five times a day Salah. All of the laws that are applicable to the common believers, Muslims, will be applicable to Isa also. He will never ever Represent himself to be a Nabi Aliyazubillah He will only say that I am Abdullah And I am the follower of Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi wasallam And so Mirza Gula Muhammad Qadiani Following the lines of Abdullah ibn Sabah You see Abdullah ibn Sabah had to think a lot To invent such things But we must give it to Mirza Gula Muhammad Qadiani For his brains He said That look What is meant that all of these Muslims Accuse us that we don't believe in khatm e that rasul sallallahu wasallam is the last nabi this is wrong all of the qadianis believe that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is the last nabi we are saying you are wrong and you are all kafir shak anybody doubting that anybody has the doubt no muslim has the doubt that the qadianis are kufar and so what he is saying he is saying that there is no possibility for a nabi to come after rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam but there is a possibility for someone to be in that color or to to be in uh, or, or, or to be the shadow of rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam to be the now i have to explain this because in urdu terminology he says zilli nabi what does he say Zilli Nabi. Now perhaps to translate Zilli Nabi would mean that anybody can come in the shadow of Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. If there is a man who has deep love for Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and he shows total obediency to Allah and follows Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam completely, then he can come in the image of Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And so in a f- fact what he was actually saying is that this is an incarnate demonstration of Rasul sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Because the Hindus actually believe in reincarnation. Uh, in the next world I want to be, you know, what do you want to be? Can you help me with that? What, Michael Jackson? Huh? Shabir, did you say that? No, he didn't say that. And so they have this possibility, you see, because they just go on and on and on and on, they just live, you know, and we don't have this concept. And so Mirza Ghulam Ahmad Kadyani came and he devised this Allahu Akbar in such a way that there are people that believe him. And so what they say is that he has got so much spiritual connection with Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that the Asal, that the Asal is resting in Madinatul Munawara. But a shadow of the Prophet ﷺ can come at any time and it will continue to come until the day of Qiyamah. And so there is nothing wrong, these are the people who are deeply connected to Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Aliyazubillah. And this is what they were saying. Allah save us from this fitna. And all these complications subhanallah we have a very simple understanding of khatm abuat everything ends at rasulullah yes. sallallahu alayhi wasallam this is very important allah's nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam has said that my example and the example of the prophets is like a man who has built this beautiful palace and he has decorated the palace beautified it everything is beautiful in this palace but just to one side of the wall there is one brick that is missing so everybody that comes they say it is such a beautiful palace but there is just one brick that is missing and rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that this brick is actually referring to the what of rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam that all the prophets have already come this beautiful palace Refers to the line of all the prophets that came. And all of the prophets were waiting for the coming of that one Nabi. And by Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam coming into this dunya, the doors of nabuwwat have been shut permanently all the time. And very clearly, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam has said, khatamun Nabiyin la Nabiyya ba'di. And so, Abdullah ibn Sabah, this is what he was trying to do. Is that this is impossible, someone as great as Rasul sallallahu Alaihi wasallam. How is it that we believe that Isa alayhi salam is alive and Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam has passed away? He wanted to again uh, plant the seeds of doubt in the minds and the hearts of people. And slowly, slowly he continued. He continued saying all sorts of things. Allahu Akbar. Uh, on, on one occasion, He even said that uh, when he saw that now slowly people were inclined to him And were prepared to believe him He once said in a gathering that one thousand prophets have come How many? That is what Abdullah ibn Sabah said One thousand prophets came and all of the prophets had a wasi Had a wasi Wasi means someone who was to be the successor And eventually that person would also be a Nabi, not a Rasul but a Nabi. For an example, Musa alayhi salam was a Rasul, Harun alayhi salam was a Nabi. So for every Prophet there was a Wasi. And so he would say to the people, do you think for all the Prophets there was a Wasi? And for the greatest Nabi who came, there is no Wasi for him? The manner of speech, the manner of talking... Allahu Akbar. So we have to be very, very careful. And he said to the people, let me tell you that the wasi of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is Ali radiyallahu ta'ala. Who is it? Ali radiallahu ta'ala. And he would say, tell me all of you, do you love Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam or do you love Uthman bin Affan in Medina? The manner of speech. And we have to be very, very careful when fitna comes my respected brothers it takes over everything and this is how he would speak tell me do you love rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam or do you love uthman bin affan he would compare the greatest human being with uthman bin affan everybody would say of course we love rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he would say if you love rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam then are you not going to carry out the wishes and the wish of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And are you not going to remove someone who has forcefully taken the position of Ali radiallahu ta'ala and who has rejected the wish of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam? If you love Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, all of you will rise and you will fight with the main authority. That is in Madinatul al-Munawwara Where all the companions were And you will remove Uthman bin Affan from his position Why? Because And, and look at the pretext That because you love Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa And so this jihad is a valid jihad He would say Stop doing jihad with the rest of the world Don't do jihad with the Christians and the Jews This jihad is haram for you Your jihad is with the people of Madinah and he was now changing the minds of people. Changing the minds of people. Changing the minds of people. illa billah. And the people that were attaching uh, themselves with this man, the first category were the Bedouins. The Bedouins were influenced by him anyway. And then the second people, the second group of people were those who were uh, people ignorant in Islamic knowledge. And he would force them to fight in the name of Amr Bil Ma'roof Nahiyanil Munkar. That what you are doing, if you fight in the path of Allah, removing the high seat in Madinatul Munawara, you will be rewarded. Why? Because you are actually pleasing Rasul Sallallahu And if you please Rasulullah, if you reinstate the position of Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala, then Allah will be happy with you. Allah will be Happy with you. And then you also had the third category, those that were desperate for money, people who were greedy for money. And he would say that if you want money, get rid of your governors because all of these governors are only keeping the money and the Muslim treasury is in their control and it is all about giving money to uh, Uthman bin Affan and his family because all of the governors are related to him. And we've covered that, Alhamdulillah. Uh, this is again a false accusation upon hazrat uthman bin affan Radiallahu ta'ala so you had different different groups now attaching themselves with abdullah ibn sabah now when he started his fitna he first went to basra when he went to basra he took refuge uh, in uh, 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 with uh, to a person which he met whose name was hakim ibn jabala his name was Hakim ibn Jabala And Hakim ibn Jabala Is actually a famous thief Who is he? A very famous thief He was uh, put into exile During the Khilafat of Abu Bakr And Hazrat Umar So the first man who he met in Basra Was Hakim ibn Jabala When he saw Hakim ibn Jabala He said can I be your guest And Hakim ibn Jabala was a thief He says, of course you can be here And he says, Hakeem, you know what, I'm very pleased with you. What you are doing, stealing is right. Because stealing from the rich and giving it to the poor is very good. So be a Robin Hood. (laughs) And so he was saying, what you did is right. And he says, my advice to you is to steal from the Muslim governors and to steal from the people of Medina And to steal from the Muslim treasury because it seems that all the money is only going to one particular group of people. And so he's saying to Hakim ibn Jabala that what you are doing is, right. When the Muslim governor found out of Abdullah ibn Sabah in Basra, very quickly he met up with Abdullah ibn Sabah and expelled him out of Basra and and told him to, to get out from here. He left Basra and he came to Kufa. When he came to Kufa, the people of Kufa were very much sympathetic to Hazrat Ali radiyallahu ta'ala. And so, here a lot of work was done. So he sat with the people of Kufa and he said that, You love Hazrat Ali radiyallahu ta'ala, we all love him. We all love him. And by now what he was doing is that he was writing letters to the governors and forging the letters, pretending that the governor of Basra has written to the governor of Kufa, and the governor of Kufa has written to the governor of Syria, and the governor of, governor of Syria has written to the governor of uh, Egypt. And it was all about scaremongering. That, do you know that a lot of people here want to go against ...the rule of hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala'an. ...and a lot of people are coming out now... ...that they are not happy with the Khilafat of Uthman bin Affan radiallahu an ...and we need to remove him from his position. And so when the governors would read this letter... ...they would think that what is happening in the different areas... ...and these were all forged letters. So he came to Kufa and he started meeting with the people... And he said, if Uthman bin Affan was a good man, why would he want to burn copies of the Qur'an? What did he say? Look how he speaks. Why would he want to burn copies of the Qur'an? Now we've covered that. Remember that the greatest ihsan of this great man, the son-in-law of (laughs) Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the only man who has had the privilege to marry two daughters, of Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam The man who has been titled as Zunnurain, The man who was given the Basharat of Jannah In one Majlis In one sitting The man who Rasul Sallallahu alayhi Wasallam Says وَرَفِيقِ fil Jannah Uthman, My partner in Jannah is Uthman The man Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Says Uthman I am so pleased with you If I had Forty daughters I would Make sure that all of them get married to you And so they are putting this allegation on this one man when he saw that the people were reciting the Qur'an with the different qiraat what he wanted to do was to bring the entire ummah and to unite them upon one qiraat and what he said, if you find any other copies of the Qur'an, bury them or according to the mas'ala according even to the fatah was given today, you can actually burn the copies of the Qur'an, there is no harm in that, you can do that That is also in the sharia There is not a problem with that But Allahu Akbar When the munafiqeen Looked at What some of the people did They said you see Uthman is wrong Because he has no love of the Quran And so slowly in this manner He was building up his power For the final push To get rid of Uthman bin Affan And now he was actually trying to uh, write in the different letters that there is a rift between two companions Hazrat Ali does not like Hazrat Osman and Osman bin Affan does not like Hazrat Ali Ali Yazubin. and this was never the case Hazrat Osman and Hazrat Ali would always sit together in Madinatul al-Munawwara remember we did not have technology in those days so it was not very easy for a person to access information but this was the rumors that was spreading very fast in the Islamic empire that the two companions don't get on well with each other and this was all wrong so from Kufa when he started again promoting all of these uh, scandalous activities then the governor of Kufa also expelled him and then he went to Syria when he got to Syria Syria was difficult for him why? Because the governor in Syria was who? Hazrat e Hazrat Eh? <inaudible> 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 and when Hazrat Amir was the governor, this man had no power. But what he did is that he wanted to meet with Hazrat Abu Zar Ghifari. And you know Hazrat Abu Zar Ghifari, radiallahu <inaudible> ta'ala, that Sahabi who did not believe, of course, in saving wealth or having uh, any money that is more than three dirhams. And that was, of course, the very high level of his taqwa. And we've covered that also. So according to some narrations, he came to Abu Dharr radiallahu ta'ala and he said, look at Muawiyah. He is very, very rich. And it's all about accumulating wealth. And slowly, this wealth is going to Madinatul Munawwara. And now even with the companions, it is all about living with luxury, al-yazubillah. But Hazrat Abu Dharr radiallahu ta'ala turned away from him. Did not even look at him. Because he was a very sincere Sahabi. And he knew that you will find people to that category. And even today, my respected brothers, we have to be very, very careful. If somebody passes on information to us, we have to verify it. We have to verify it. And so, Hazrat Amir Muawiyah r.a. expelled him from Syria. The niche that he got was in the region of Egypt. With the Egyptians he found a home And he settled there Slowly and he started Manipulating with the minds of the Egyptians And he said That look at uh, The Muslims Hazrat Uthman bin Affan Radiallahu ta'ala an Has taken the position of Hazrat Ali Radiallahu ta'ala Again the same story And he said that this is going to be A sacred jihad if you do jihad against Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala, you are actually carrying out Amr bil Ma'ruf Nahi anil Munkar, and you will be greatly rewarded in this world and also in the hereafter. And so, slowly, the first batch of people that betrayed the people of Madinatul Munawwara also came out from the region of Egypt and also came out from the region of Kufa. And slowly you, you will find that this army of the shaitan is going towards Madinatul Munawwara. Insha'Allah Ta'ala, there is so much to take in my respected brothers. That is why uh, as we cover the seerah, Alhamdulillah, we have to even make sure that we are in the right frame of mind. That we hold the utmost respect of all the companions. Alhamdulillah, these were people who were fusaq and fujjar. Remember that even in the time of Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he knew that the Munafiqeen would pray in the masjid. And so this is a testing time for the companions and also for the Usman Radiallahu And remember all of the events that occurred and the events that will take place even in the future have already been Prophesized by Rasulullah <coughs> Sallallahu alayhi wasallam InshaAllah ta'ala slowly We will cover now uh, What happens in Madinatul Munawwara And how slowly they meet up With Hazrat Usman bin Affan Radiyallahu ta'ala an and the conversation with Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala, Allah give us all the tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana and rabbil alameen. Allahumma salli ala sayyidina wa nabiyyina wa maulana Muhammadin na ummi wa ala alihi wa salim Allahumma taqabbal minna wa tuba alayna inna kantatawabu rahim Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Sami'na wa atana, gufranaka rabbana wa ilayk almasir wa rahmatika ya rahmat alayim.